On the 12th episode of What MPX Do, we have Megan Fair, an innovation catalyst here at MPX. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I'm super excited to have you. To start off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to NPX? Oh, where do I begin? Wow. Um, so I don't, the company's grown so much. It's so hard for me to tell how many people know the backstory, but um, I have actually known Barack, Margaret, Greg and Steve for over 10 years. So. We all met each other on the Bruce A Restart project uh, when units one and two at the Bruce site were being refurbished. And so at the time, you know, I think Brath was maybe an uh, analyst or just, and I think maybe Steve was an FTL. But anyway, so it's, it definitely goes back a long time. Um, so when they, you know, made the decision to go out and you know, really start making a difference and, uh, you know, challenging sort of the the approach just in our industry. And, you know, um, I, there, there was just, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a question about whether or not I wanted to work with them. Um, so I think I, I don't know exactly what employee number I was, but I came in somewhere <laughs> after Peter. But the joke is, is that, uh, I, I sort of worked for NPX before they were paying because <laughs> I used to come to Earth and just hang out and like, you know, help set up furniture, just run errands and stuff like that because they were my friends, right? Like mm-hmm. I, they were starting something that was, you know, big and impressive and, you know, I just wanted to help out. Yeah, that sounds like a really great story. You were truly one of the OGs. Um, I've also <laughs> heard that you were like, unofficially the first employee, is that correct? Yes, yeah. So the first day that uh, Ali actually started work with NPX, his first day was to come to King Carden. And we had Earth, but I think it was still being renovated at the time. And so I would sort of like, because uh, at the time, you know, Brath, Margaret, uh, Steve and Greg were all in the city. And so, you know, it wasn't always easy just to pop up to King Carden. So I would kind of go in and check on progress and stuff like that well before I was ever an employee but yeah Ali showed up and I think one of them had messaged me and said oh this guy that's going to be coming and it's his first day and can you just you know let him into earth and we're running late and so Ali and I ended up going on a walk and like walking down to like the lighthouse and King Carden and just chatting and stuff but I'm sure he was really like who is this woman <laughs> <laughs> And what is she doing here? She doesn't work for NPX, yet here she is taking me for a stroll around King Carden. So. <laughs> yeah. I love that story, like the story of <laughs> NPX and how you got involved. It's an amazing story. Um, so now, could you tell us, uh, can you let us in on a secret talent that you have or a funny story most people wouldn't know about you? Mm, okay, so uh, I'm gonna have to go with a funny story because yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, like I said, back on restart, we all used to work together. So, you know, young guys that are up here working at the Bruce site, away from family and friends, you know, like they don't usually spend a lot of time thinking about how they're gonna get lunch every day. 
So I actually used to make Braff's lunch for $5 every day. And there was a few other folks that we worked with, my ink, and I can't remember if I had some other folks, but I was like, I would make my lunch every day and I made these nice and they're like, can you just make lunch for us? Because <laughs> we, there wasn't really a good cafeteria there. And so it was like, you're either getting like a, a soggy wrap or sandwich out of a wheel of death or you could just have Megan do it for you. <laughs> and I remember being like so nervous and anxious about it because I was like, oh my God, what if I make lunch and it's like they don't like it or it's, you know, doesn't taste good or something. <laughs> so I remember putting so much pressure on myself. But yeah, you know, so I always remind anytime, you know, Brad uh, <laughs> needs to be brought back down to earth. I just remind him I'm still the same person who used to make his lunch every day for $5. <laughs> oh, how how long did that go on for? Oh, not very long. I think eventually I just got I, I ran out of ideas and and yeah, I I can't remember when I stopped or how I stopped, but it didn't go on forever. But it went on for a while. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you make like different meals each day, like different foods each each day? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I tried to. I remember I had a panini press and it was like super cool because like a wedding present and so I wanted to use it. So I think pretty much every day, anything that I brought in was in panini form <laughs> 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 and it was grilled. I thought I was super fancy, but then I was like, well, you know, Brad probably wants Indian food or my aunt wants Indian food. Maybe I should make Indian food, but I didn't know how to make Indian food. So... I think that was like stressing me out more than anything because I was like, that's probably what they want to eat for lunch and I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but anyways, I think they I think they still appreciated it, but it's just it's kind of a funny story. Yeah, definitely. I, would, I probably would have made them lunch for free anyways every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for sharing. That's that's definitely a really funny story. Um, but before we get on get into like the meat of this episode, I thought it'd be really fun to put you on the spot for a quick round of rapid fire. So you ready? Yep. Okay, let's, do it. let's let's go. Winter or summer? Um winter. Because I have a hot tub and I love it, and it's just not the same in the summertime. I mean I enjoy summer, but yeah, winter. Um is ketchup a smoothie? No. No. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite hobby? Octopus <laughs> is a hobby. <laughs> 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 I like to I like to draw and paint and stuff. That would be I guess a secret talent, but yeah. Ooh. That's one of my hobbies for sure. Um your current read. Uh so Shidich actually got me a book when I was off earlier this year the called the power of now um, by Eckhart Tolle and I I read it like oh a few years back but that is something that is currently on my nightstand and then next on the docket is the wealthy barber returns <laughs> because I would like to learn more about like financial planning and that kind of stuff so it's a good Ooh. Canadian book yeah I've never heard of the second book but the um, power of now I'm actually reading a book by the same author called A New Earth and very, very good book as well. Um, so your favorite sport? Uh, favorite sport would have to be volleyball. That was something that I played competitively when I was in high school. So 
Um, I, I don't play it as much anymore, but it's definitely, if I had to pick, that would be it. Um, fill in the blank. NPX is? Family. And if you could rename Spot, what would you rename it to be? <laughs> That's easy. Narath Bangin. <laughs> <laughs> Naveen took the credit on that one because he earned the right to, to name Stig. So, but uh, I think if it hadn't have been a uh, rightfully earned spot to name it, that it would be Narath Bangin. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> and if um, NPY had... A spot it would definitely be Narath, Narath Bangia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Um, great, that was so fun. But now let's <laughs> deep dive into the beach safety project. So my first question is, what are some of the current concerns and risks associated with swimming in Lake Huron? Well, so for so Lake Huron obviously being a lake, it um it's not like Lake Ontario, which I guess is probably what most people are familiar with. It actually acts more like an ocean and it behaves more like an ocean. And I'm not sure if that's just because it's, you know, you know, we're, we're sort of on the West coast of Lake Huron, but um, it's in Kincardine specifically, there are a lot of rip currents that form because of the pier that we have that sticks out of the, um, the Harbor and the sort of the downtown beach area in King Carden. And so that's where a lot of the, the hazards lay is in that section along the pier where the rip currents form and they form very easily in that spot. Yeah, that, that sounds quite dangerous. Um, yeah. yeah, but you've been working on a solution for this. And so what is yeah. that solution that is being pitched by the team? and? What impact does this solution have? So I'll tell you a bit of a backstory about how I got into this current situation with the beach enhancements. Um, so back in September, September 3rd, um, Aleem Ramji and his family were up in King Carden and there was a storm coming in and he had two cousins that he was there with that had gone out onto the pier and there was a lot of waves crashing over and unfortunately they got swept off of the pier and so there was a lot of panic you know the current obviously was very strong and Aline jumped in to try to save his cousins and unfortunately he drowned um but thankfully he was able to save them and they were able to get to to safety so when this happened um i and the admin or moderator, like I created the Concarden Strong page and somebody had posted as these things were happening that day. And so I took the post down because I was worried about, they didn't, we didn't know who the, the, identif the identity of the person was and it was all happening real time. And then so from there, I remember a lot of people messaging me once they released the identity of who had drowned and, um, you know, people wanted, to, they, they felt terrible and like the whole, of King Carden was just, you know, heartbroken for this family who came up. It was literally their first day in King Carden that they had ever come here. And, you know, they weren't swimming, but just because the waves were so large and it was a risk that they just never really um, had considered. And so people wanted to donate money to help the family. So I set up a GoFundMe and in three days we raised about $11,000 
for Aleem Ramji's family. And so the, the OPP put me in contact with the family because I wanted to get their permission to be able to set up this GoFundMe. And then through talking to them when they said that they didn't understand the risk, it got me thinking. And I started talking to people in the community and they were saying, well, you know, like this is the fifth drowning and since 2008. And then, you know, there was a life-saving society audit. So all this information started coming together. And I've been a Kincardine resident for you know, well over 10 years. My husband's born and raised here. And I just, I I couldn't understand how, you know, nothing really had been done, yet this was such a huge, like five fatalities, right? Five preventable deaths. Uh, You know, we all work in the nuclear industry and this is certainly would not be acceptable in any capacity. And there would be, you know, lots, being done to if if you know something like that had happened so I just we sort of came up with the idea of you know how do we communicate to people what the risks are and so the concept was you take a stoplight like we have in most stations um, or at least up at the Bruce site they have one when you come to the station it's a human performance stoplight and it's just awareness like if it's red it's like heightened awareness that you should be you know, super vigilant to just make sure that you're paying attention to changing surrounding and conditions and taking that same concept and applying it to the beach. So, but the difference would be, it's, it's, it's a similar concept to having a flag, but you don't have to have somebody go up to change the flag. So this stoplight that would be at the beach would be controlled by the actual live weather data coming off of the lake. So the wind direction and the speed. And then we'll also looked at some possibilities for like swell heights, you know, as a storm surge comes in to also measure that and quantify that and then come up with parameters to say, okay, if, you know, the light or if the wind speed is in this direction at this speed that the light will be red. And so you can define those parameters just based on where King Carden is positioned and, you know, the way that the weather comes in and we know how the lake responds. So, you know, that stoplight is just kind of a, okay, you know, if somebody's coming to King Carden and it's their first time, they see that red stoplight, you know, they can easily tell that there's obviously there's a hazard there in front of them and then, you know, have the information there say, what does that mean? And there's a lot of other enhancements that we've talked about as well, but the stoplight is definitely the the focus of our X project. Yeah, um, first of all, a very tragic story, but I'm glad that you and your team are bringing innovation to solve this problem. Um, do you see the traffic light? Um, do you see it being applied to other areas as well, apart just apart from just Kincardine beaches? Absolutely. Like, and I think that's the thing that is. I mean, we we started this just to address the issues here in Kincardine, but you know what we've learned is that these these risks, are, you know, they're around the world, right? It, whether it's an oceanfront, lakefront. You know, there's lots of areas that could benefit from this type of solution um, because A, it's it's a very, it's a universal language, right? A stoplight. It doesn't matter which language you speak. Most people understand what it means. Um, 
it's a little more difficult to educate a person about a flag, you know, what a specific flag means for a beach. So, yeah, you know, I think the only difference would be is that, you know, sort of that uh, the data and the, the parameters that get defined would be different, but you could do it, you know, in California, you can do it like all over the world, like surf capitals of the world or just any areas where there's a lot of beachgoers and 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 hazards right and just to try to raise awareness or bring attention to them it doesn't have to be rip currents it could be sharks in the water you know like i really like how you bring up how the stoplight is sort of like a universal language everyone understands it and i think that's the key reason why this solution is so great um and this is a really great solution it's going to save so many lives um, but what are some of the current roadblocks and challenges the team is facing? That is a good question. So uh, right now at this point, so uh, we have gone to council, uh, King Carden, the municipality of King Carden, and presented to them of what are different solutions, including the stoplight, but some other things like putting railings around the pier and some additional safety equipment. And we had a really great response from council. And so on Monday, they're going to be coming back with a report for us to say, you know, essentially uh, my understanding that the report will tell us what we're allowed to go ahead with, because what we had essentially proposed to the municipality was that this community organization, so, you know, members of NPX, members of other groups within the community or people that are just passionate about safety or about, you know, surfing, things like that. Our team would sort of lead this project, right? So the municipality is constrained. Obviously, they're dealing with a pandemic and they just don't have the resources to be able to commit to this. So it would be, you know, operating under the wings of the municipality sort of as an extension to them to be able to see these improvements. Um, put in place. So right now waiting for that report is definitely uh, sort of a, I, I, I look at it as like a gate, you know, once we get it and they give us the, the green light, haha, <laughs> then we can <laughs> go ahead and we can, you know, start making some real concrete plans about how we're going to do this and then, you know, talk about scaling it up. Yeah, um, I think that also leads me perfectly into my last question which are um which is what are your upcoming milestones and goals for the team so one thing is the report right but what else so the goals for the team i think right now my greatest need that we've been trying to so we had a we we did the a hackathon i think back earlier maybe it was just before christmas to work on the stoplight solution we were able to sort of prove out that concept now we need some team members that you know are um you know have skills in in programming and um you know web development that are interested in in helping with this so that we can get the proper coding done um to make sure that this because we'll, we'll need to have about you know 30 day period where we test it out where we actually set up the stoplight, it wouldn't be down at the beach, but we would at least be using that weather information to control it, but then also doing a comparison against the lake to make sure that the matches the conditions. And we also want to have an independent organization like the Life Saving Society come and do an independent check to make sure that what the solution we've come up with is, you know, in line with what 
their recommendations would be and have been. So, so hopefully, uh, I would, I my goal is that once they come back and they give us, you know, permission to go ahead with this, that we're able to complete a lot of the low hanging fruit as part of this proposal. Um, I would like to have the stoplight up this year. Do I think it's actually going to happen? I'm, I'm not sure until the report comes back, but. I would definitely love to try, but at least at a minimum, I think there's a lot of uh, additional safety equipment that we want to go ahead and purchase that we should be able to accomplish, you know, for this, um, you know, upcoming summer season in King Carden. Yeah, um, some very exciting stuff coming to the team. And I really hope as well that you can get a stoplight work um, on and working um, at a concurrent beach this year as well. But um, this wraps up this episode. Um, thank you so much, Megan, for joining us on this episode of what, M what MPX do. And I had a really good time learning about you and your amazing work with the Beach Safety X project. Well, thank you. And I appreciate sitting down and being able to tell you about it. Thank you so much for listening to the What NPX Do podcast. If you'd like to be featured in an episode, please fill out the form in the description. And until next time, keep innovating.